to strengthen you. And so this morning, I want to share with you what it means to stand in sonship. You see, the last couple of weeks, I shared with you what it means to be a father and a mother. And Ephesians 6, 4 says that we're to raise up our children and not provoke them to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, and a father brings the admonition and a mother brings the nurturing and that male and female working together in the household of nurturing and admonition raises us or children up <coughs> in the strength of God, right? It's the, it's the watering of the nurturing love, but it is the admonition and discipline that shapes our lives. How many of you know you need to be disciplined if you're going to do anything, right? Without discipline, we just go all over the place, right? That's where they put lanes on the highway. How many of you thank God for that, right? That's why they put stop signs at the corners, right? But how many of us have run too many stop signs, have crossed over too many lanes because we're freewheeling it? God says no, and that's what our Father is doing. That's what a father should have done in your lives. That's what you should be doing for your children, bringing strong lanes for them to run in. And letting them know under admonition and discipline when it's wrong for their own good. And the love nurtures and draws them and feeds them into that. And that's what we've been looking at. And so that love and admonition is important. So what I want to share with you is then, therefore, what does it mean to stand in sonship? We're going to spend some time on this. But it says that the children are supposed to give honor and respect to father, to mother, right? And so what does it mean to stand in sonship? This morning I want you as a people of God to understand that through God's love and admonition, he's raising you up to stand in the position of a son of God. Now that's a title in the Old Testament, a son of God. It's the same as being in the title of a bride, the bride of Christ. It is a title and position. It's the same as the title of firstborn. All right, It, it has a placement in Judaism. So sonship means that you are to inherit all the authority and power that your father has. It is put upon you. So to stand in the sonship of God means that we share in his nature. Peter said that we're partakers of his divine nature. And so in this earth, we're to be speaking the will of Jesus. Jesus was a rabbi who taught his disciples how to do what he did. And if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus, you're to be doing what he said he could do, and we'd be doing greater things than that. That's standing in the sonship of our position with the Lord. So what would happen typically in Judaism is when a son turned a certain age. Now, on the eighth day, the child was circumcised to come into the covenant of God through Abraham, right? At 13, he was then brought in and, uh, and a woman uh, to his bat mitzvah, a woman to her bar mitzvah, to where they were legally now responsible to the law of Moses. But at age 30, they came into sonship adoption, sonship placement. It's at age 30 that the father would bring his son out before the public, and he would bring him in front of them, and he would let everybody know this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Do you remember a time in the Bible where that happened? 
You see, what happened with Jesus was his son placement. It was at this time he was ready to now take on the authority of the Father into the earth. And as he was baptized and came out of that water, the Holy Spirit laid hands on him or lit upon him as a dove and empowered him. And the Father said, this is my beloved son. Now listen to him. And everything Jesus did was what the Father commanded, what Father said, what he said went. It mattered. And you are to stand in that same place now of authority. And because of God's spirit dwelling in you, because of what Christ did on the cross, the sin nature has been eradicated. The old man in Adam has been put to death. And you have been born again, born from above, with the nature of God poured into you so that you could stand as a son of God and say, Thus saith the Lord. You could speak to the mountain and it shall be removed. You can release people from the bondage of sin and doubt and death by speaking life under the authority of a sonship. But many believers don't know this authority. Paul said in Galatians 4, 6, because you are his sons, God sent his spirit of his son into your hearts. If you've got a spirit of the son in your heart, it makes you a son of God. You're a direct creation from God himself. Now you have the spirit of sonship in you. It's time for us to pray like sons of God. It's time for us to show up as sons of God. It's time that when you walk in the room, a son of God walked into the room. Temperature has changed. The climate is different because now a representative of heaven has just walked into the room, has just spoken under the authority of God. But many of us don't walk like that. Many of us still have an orphan spirit. And so... God is saying over your life, everyone here that has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't care if you're four or if you're 90, if you have Christ in you, the hope of that glory is that you will exercise the authority of a son of God. All of creation's waiting, groaning for the birthing of the sons of God to manifest and to show up and to demonstrate that authority. But many of us still have an orphan spirit. Let me share with you just quickly what this means. A sonship spirit rests in the Father's promises. You're assured of God's promises. You know what they are. We just took the bread and the wine to be assured that what God has said is yes and amen to the church. No matter how many promises God has said, they are what? Yes to the amen. A son understands my God's good on his promises. That's my father. He's good on his promises. But those who have an orphan spirit, they don't know that the father's even listening. They wonder when they pray, oh God, are you listening to me now? They doubt and they question whether they're father. That's an orphan spirit. Some of you have to deal with this orphan spirit once and for all because you're carrying what you were brought up under with your father or your mother or your circumstances or your situation. But your situation and circumstances are not the father. You don't define who he is by your situation. He is the I am that I am despite what you're going through. Amen? Amen. Sonship spirit trusts and knows that the Father is good. We don't know the character of God well enough. We've got to come to know. And the only way you can come to know the Father's character is to spend some time with him. 
to be in his word, to reflect in his word, to understand his voice. Sometimes just to get out of human buildings and human surroundings and walk out into creation and see the handiwork of God. And you can tell by looking at that, oh, God is good. God's got purpose. God's got design. God's got beauty. My God is good. But the orphan spirit, he doesn't know if God's good. He just hopes to get what he can get. He doesn't know the Father's provision. He doesn't know that God's going to use all things according to his purposes and will in my life because he's good and his favor is on me. But the orphan wonders and wanders from hope to hope to get and scrap for what they can get. If that's your spirit, let's break it off you. The sonship spirit believes they're going to get the father's best for their life. Do you believe you have father's best? Do you believe that the Father has the best desire and the best intentions for you? He is a loving Father. He is the Father of all fathers. All good and perfect gifts come from the Father of lights. In Him there's no shadow of turning. His gifts are without repentance. Orphans want evidence before they believe. Orphans can't can't be sure if they can trust in God or if they have to Do it themselves once again. That's an orphan attitude. A sonship spirit knows the father's love. Orphans put fleeces out to test whether they should believe it or not. You know, we we look at Gideon, and Gideon didn't only put one fleece out. Gideon put two fleeces out. Do you know why? He was an orphan spirit. God hadn't moved in the land in so long, they didn't know. Gideon didn't know, Father. He, he just, had, a, he was just a, had an attitude of, I'll get it done myself. God wanted to take that and redeem it and use it to God's glory, but he couldn't trust in Father yet. He didn't know Father's heart. So he said, God, make it rain all, or put dew all, I'm going to put a lamb's wool out. He said, make it dew all around it except on the lamb's wool, and, and God did it. And he goes, yeah, well, that ain't good enough. Really? That's an orphan spirit. Then God used him mightily, but even in the end, you know, poor Gideon, he he made himself an ephod and he began to worship it. That's an orphan spirit. I, I don't know about you, but you don't want to exalt anything else but your father. You don't need to, to wear your own vest and say, look what I did. <laughs> I killed how many? Look at me. I'm the warrior of God. Right? Gideon, he had his name out there. Come on, that's an orphan spirit. Speak for the Father. Speak blessing. Speak forgiveness. Speak healing. That's what a son does. That's what Jesus did. He spoke blessing. You may not understand why someone said what they said about you, but you don't have to get even. You don't have to get out. Get back because God's grace and love in your life compensates for any damage anybody else has done. There's no better insurance program than Jesus. You've been wounded, you've been hurt, but you know what? I don't need to carry that. I don't need to carry any of that. I've got the compensation of God's love all over me. I'm satisfied. You just keep doing the damage you do. I'm getting repaired every day, renewed in my heart. See, the orphan spirit prays against people, prays against situations. But sonship takes things and redeems and speaks even into the worst situation and says, Father, I know you're going to make something good out of this mess. 
Because you have confidence in God. That's a sonship. We go on. Sonship spirit trusts the Father's sovereign knowledge and love. Orphans pray to inform God and beg Him to act. I, it cracks me up. I do this all the time, and I just got to break that spirit. I don't want to have an orphan spirit. I, I pray to God to inform him, God, this is what you need to do. These people have this problem. So what you need to do is this, this, and this. And if I don't see that happen, I question him. That's not sonship. That's a hireling. I beg God to act. Oh, God you got to heal. Oh, God, you've got to do this. God, imagine if you did this, what they could do for you. Oh, gee, I never thought of that, Tim. Wow, that's brilliant. Holy cow, come on, Gabriel. Help me out on this one. See, you don't know the Father when we're talking like this. How many of us pray like this? And it's an orphan mentality. Sons listen to their father's voice. Orphans tend to speak more than they listen. Overspeak the authority. Have you ever seen a child overspeak their parent when the parent's trying to instruct them? Have you ever had that happen in your house? Hello. Sons look forward to communicating with their father. Orphans feel that praying is a religious duty. See, they're not, they're not connecting to father's heart. You can't sleep at night. Maybe God's saying, come on, let's talk. Let's talk. Every opportunity is a chance to listen to your father. A son's love prayer to be in their father's presence. They, they want to hear from father. They want to feel and have his love lavished on them. Orphans pray for crisis management. That's a big difference, brothers and sisters. So what I want to do together is I want to pray a prayer to break that orphan spirit and to pray the revelation knowledge of what it means to walk as a son of God, to trust that you have a father that is purposefully, deliberately speaking over your life, willing into your life to act and to move according to his good purpose and his plan. That doesn't mean you're going to just tra-la-la and trip the light fantastic over every issue. It means he needs you to get in there and fight a fight that only you can fight. And you might get scrappy. You might get hurt. You might get scratched. You might get wounded. But he knows you're going to get the job done. And when you come out of it, you're going to be a conqueror and a victor for what God has put you through. You ever read the book of Job, you'll understand that it was God's idea for the devil to pick on Job. It was a setup from the start. Devil's messing things around. Where you been? I'm just messing up everything you created. And he goes, hey, have you ever considered Job? Well, thank you very much. But have you ever thought of the high esteem he understood that Job was at? To go ahead and let the enemy wreak havoc, but in the end, who's victorious? Job. Job. God knew what the testing of that faith would bring out. Gold. Gold. 